Welcome to Place Matters, a podcast about the intersection of race, place, and poverty, where we explore the belief that the path towards ending inequity and promoting prosperity is through the work of holistic neighborhood development. Welcome to the next installment of our series on FCS's three pillars. This series will focus on the pillar of mixed income housing. I'm Sean Duncan, the director of training and consulting for FCS and the host for Place Matters. For over 20 years, FCS has had the honor to walk alongside the people of historic South Atlanta. Founded in the late 19th century as the result of Clark College and Gammon Theological Seminary, this was a thriving black mixed-income neighborhood with businesses, churches, and other institutions fostering a strong fabric of connection and belonging. But as racialized disinvestment continued to harm the neighborhood, many of the single-family homes went vacant and eventually were blighted. So it was obvious to us from the beginning that if we were going to partner with this neighborhood and these neighbors to produce flourishing, we were going to have to get into the work of buying, rehabbing, building, and selling single-family homes. Reweaving the fabric of this neighborhood, honoring its rich history, and building black wealth for the coming generations has meant entering into the beauty and the challenge of single-family housing. Joining me today for this conversation is FCS's Senior Director of Community Development, Marvin Nesbitt, and our Director of Mixed Income Housing, Cynthia McNeil. So do the context of Historic South Atlanta, the nature of Historic South Atlanta as a neighborhood, most of our work in housing has, over the years, has been single-family housing, but there's a lot of different subcategories to what we're doing within that. So what are all the different types of single-family housing we're involved in? Well, right now we are, we have three different models of single-family housing. We have our rentals Mm-hmm. We have our affordable and we have our workforce housing. Okay. Workforce housing are for individuals who are actually bank qualified okay. Okay. Um, and able to buy a home. And those um, families are that that particular model is serving families between 80 to 120 percent AMI. Okay. So our affordables is our in-house, which is a part of our CDFI. Okay. Um, so th- we used to have an older model, which was a zero interest, 20 year mm-hmm. mortgage at this point in time. Uh, we no longer do that anymore. Mm-hmm. We, we are trying to sustain ourselves as an organization. Mm-hmm. And so we are holding the mortgage. FCS holds the mortgage for the mm-hmm. homeowner, and we are actually having an, an interest of 3% and above. Okay. Okay. So we will we will try to be competitive to the mm-hmm. market mm-hmm. Um, and not have what the market interest rate would be, but between 3 to 5% okay. um, for the average individual in that particular program. And then we have our single-family rentals. Our single-family rentals are... Um, for families 80% and below and okay. um, meeting the needs of families that's at 30%. And so we have a partnership with Atlanta Housing Authority um, to serve those families with vouchers. And okay. we have about five of those. Okay. So. so we have rental we have for sale and then for sale we mm-hmm. have uh, some that come through our CDFI, mm-hmm. which is kind of us operating as a bank and then some yes. that are more traditional bank qualified. Why not, since we're a nonprofit working in a historically disinvested community, high concentration of low-income families, why aren't we just doing all affordable, whether it's rental or for sale? Why, why are we doing anything that's not, quote, affordable housing? 
Yeah, I think that's a good question, Sean. Um, part of our, our strategy is is to, you know, turn or help stabilize the neighborhood mm -hmm, mm -hmm. through our housing programs. And mm -hmm. in order to do that, uh, there has to be some level of investment mm -hmm, uh, outside mm -hmm. of affordable, affordable okay. yep. or above affordable yep. Yep. Uh, in order to help sustain the work uh, or the trajectory that we're trying mm -hmm. to, to move the neighborhood in. Uh, and so we have to be in a position to ensure that uh, we are able to attract mm -hmm. a certain level of investment mm -hmm. uh, and amenities mm -hmm. uh, to the neighborhood. And in order to do that, you have to have some uh, level of higher mm -hmm. income mm -hmm. in, into the neighborhood. And so mm -hmm. we do that uh, through market rate mm -hmm. um, housing mm -hmm. uh, or renting to those who may be uh, more in that workforce category mm -hmm. or uh, which is that for us mm -hmm. is between 80 and 120 percent AMI. Okay. Uh, so mm -hmm. uh, that is essentially, mm -hmm. uh, you know, why we, yeah. we do. We, again, we're just trying to ensure that uh, we're able to uh, attract mm -hmm. a certain uh, investment into mm -hmm. the community and, and in Instead of being mm -hmm. seen as the community for disinvestment, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So. yeah, yeah, I mean, it's and it, it's all about like what what's the problem you're trying to solve? Like, if we're just trying to solve getting people housed affordably, well, then yeah, then that's all we would do. But the problem we're trying to solve is healthy neighborhoods, right? Which requires Absolutely. a mix of income. We've got to break up this history of segregation by race and by income. And how do you build mixed income neighborhoods? And that so let's talk about the rental for a little bit. So all of our rental at this stage in single family. Uh, is on the affordable side, so 80% average median income and below. Mm -hmm. So tell me more about how that works. So how do we set that up? How do we how do we do the single family rental stuff? Well, how we actually come about um, the rental is you know by acquiring a property, mm -hmm. um, whether it's um, an, um, a property that needs to be rehabbed. Mm -hmm. um, we invest into that property um, and we make sure that that property is going to be. Um, a property that someone wants to live in mm -hmm. um, and habitate um, to keep them, you know, um, safe, um, mm -hmm. provide them with quality mm -hmm. um, finishes and um, furnishings in the home. Um, most of our homes that we are rehabbing are homes that are um, anywhere from 60 to 80 percent renovated, mm. um, meaning that we're going to go in and um, put in new HVAC, mm -hmm. um, new you know, electrical, plumbing. Mm -hmm. um, we upgrade the finishes with, you know, sometimes um, granite countertops, the flooring and all mm -hmm. those things. So the amenities that the person is going to have in that home, even though it's, you know, quoted affordable mm -hmm. or, you know, based on someone's income, it's mm -hmm. going to be somewhere that they're going to be uh, proud to mm -hmm. um, live in. Um, majority of the time, um, these um, individuals are coming in from referrals. Um, okay. they, we are partnering with other nonprofit okay. organizations in the area that may not have um, enough housing mm -hmm. for them. So they um, oftentimes refer them over to us. And so mm -hmm. we run them through, you know, background checks for pre-qualification. We check their income levels. Mm -hmm. um, we've checked their previous rental history and things mm -hmm. like that um, to make sure that they can actually afford to live in the home. And so the intention to do that is mm -hmm. to make sure that we're not putting them in a home and setting them up for failure mm -hmm. versus we are setting them up for success to mm -hmm. make sure that they can afford to live where they are actually 
renting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also at the same time, the intention for that is not to have individuals that we're consistently wanting to evict. Mm-hmm. That's that's not mm-hmm. the intention um, for FCS at mm-hmm. all, um, to work with families in a rate of evicting someone because they just can't afford a house. Mm-hmm. And so we are, you know, partnering with other individuals to provide them with assistance, you mm-hmm. know, um, if they lose a job or, you know, mm-hmm. Different, you know, different economical challenges that they mm-hmm. may be facing to try to keep them in a home, but mm-hmm. it's not the end all of trying to evict them. Yeah. Um, and most individuals that um, are coming to us, the intention is to try to have them ready for home ownership. Mm-hmm. And so, a lot of our families that come into our rental program are actually um, transitioning to home ownership at some point in time. And so, mm-hmm. we um, have programs available for um, counseling, financial counseling, home ownership, home buying training, and things like mm-hmm. that to get them ready. Mm-hmm. So, and so some people like have observed like rent is often not that far off from a mortgage payment. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's even higher. Yes. So why wouldn't we just do all ownership? Like why do we even bother with single family rental at all? I'm gonna let Marvin answer that question, but my my response to that is. Um, for doing this as long as I've been doing this, most individuals are not ready to buy a home. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and so it shall be. As long as they, you know, are able to sustain themselves in a home mm-hmm. and it's, you know, it's safe, mm-hmm. um, quality, we, we believe in keeping the individuals where they want to be mm-hmm. and not pushing them where they shouldn't be mm-hmm. at that particular time because we have had individuals that come into the program that's mm-hmm. ready to buy. Everybody says they want a house, yeah, yeah. but are you ready to, you mm-hmm. know, handle the responsibility that coming with a home? And a lot of times the first 12 months is how we um, acknowledge whether or not that person is really ready for homeownership ready, and how yeah. they're actually, you know, paying their rent and things like that and other, mm-hmm. you know, circumstances that come up that, that um, will, you know, not allow them or afford, you know, mm-hmm. homeownership or be ready. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I, I, and I think, you know, Cynthia answered it correctly. I, it's, you know, people, everybody don't, you know, they're not mm-hmm. ready for homeownership mm-hmm. or they're, they have no desire to be mm-hmm. homeowners. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead, they have a desire for quality, mm-hmm. quality housing that they can yeah. afford. And so we just want to make sure that we're able to meet the needs of all of uh, the residents mm-hmm. that, uh, or neighbors that want to live in this community, mm-hmm. uh, regardless of what their mm-hmm. desires are. If they want to rent, then we can yeah. uh, provide a rental option that's yeah. affordable. If they want to purchase, then we can mm-hmm. also uh, help meet that, that mm-hmm. desire and need as well. Hey guys, just want to jump in here real quick with an invitation. If you want to bring FCS's principles and practices to your neighborhood, we can take you and your local partners through a two-year multi-sector cohort process that we call City Shapers. Right now, this effort is being partially funded by Lilly Endowment Inc., so it is a great time to jump in. We have taken three communities through this process so far and would love to bring it to your neighborhood next. Contact us today to learn more at fcsministries.org. Now, I just observed a commitment to uh, to have, a, and we've used this metaphor in, in other conversations about just having a, a really deep toolbox. That that uh, the one thing that's true is that every human deserves to be housed, mm-hmm. absolutely, safely, beautifully, in a, in a healthy condition, healthy neighborhood. Uh, all of that, but not everybody's ready for the same thing or needs the same things. And like to think about like, and most single family housing, is it just that we're thinking about 
a single family, even the language we give to it, but like the housing market is like families aren't the dominant force. Like there's individuals, there's groups of friends, there's multi-generational there, you know, like there's so many different structures that people take when they are needing to be housed together. Um, and so I see FCS with this commitment to say like, there's, there's a thousand different ways people need housing and we got to think of a thousand ways to make it happen. Right. And to be able to Adjust that uh, yeah. accordingly. Yeah, maybe we shouldn't call it single family. We should just say single resident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> single building on a single lot housing. It doesn't flow quite as well, but but yeah, I mean, I think that, but that that represents, I think, for us as we're always thinking creatively about what what is actually going to work for mm-hmm. people and ensuring that people are are successful. And I would definitely agree with you in doing this. Um, the individuals that you actually plan the house for is not the person who actually buys the house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Most definitely. You've got this kind of picture in your head yeah. of what's going to be happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they don't all fit single family. Yeah, yeah. 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 So or if you ask, you know, you ask people, you know, for so long they've been been renting, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. You know, they've just become accustomed yeah, yeah. to renting. Yeah. And so the idea of, oh, you mean to tell me if something breaks, I'm going to be responsible I gotta for it. it. No, I got to yeah. fix it myself. Me. Yeah. You know, it's it's it, it could be a bit uh, overwhelming mm-hmm. uh, to people. So some some folks just really enjoy having uh, not having to think about yeah, yeah. about you know who's going to handle that expense and yeah. rather would call a landlord yeah, to, yeah. to take care of that right yeah. so it's a lot more comforting mm-hmm. uh, to be in a rental uh, situation and yeah, yeah. so again as long as we can offer someone that quality mm-hmm. housing op- opportunity that they desire mm-hmm. then I think we are certainly uh, we're on mission. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how to so transition to talk about our for sale work in single family? Um, how does the affordable side work for us? You mentioned this thing called a CDFI and eighty percent. Like, how does all that work together when we're thinking about affordable housing in, in South Atlanta? Well, to, to speak into that, um, when you're when you're talking about the our mid range mm-hmm. um, housing program, which is the part of the CDFI. Um, it's between families of 60 to 80% AMI. Okay. Um, and so th- that, that particular program was something that was originated with FCS many, 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 many years ago, mm-hmm. 40 years at this point in time. And so we, used, we started off with mortgaging or financing those mortgages in-house, and they were zero interest, 20-year mm. mortgages. Oh, wow. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we don't do those anymore. But um, it, it it comes um, with the idea of trying to um, make housing affordable for individuals who would not be able to get bank qualified, mm-hmm. um, um, would not be able to sustain um, a higher mm-hmm. you know mortgage rate mm-hmm. or uh, mortgage payment mm-hmm. a month. Um, so we actually tend to finance those in house. And so how they've worked um, since I've been here is that we um, hold the mortgage on the home um, Mm. for the family. um, And there's a little bit more flexibility that goes into that for the family if the family becomes financially distressed, Mm -hmm. um, Mm. more or less, because our intention is to try to keep them in the home. Mm -hmm. Um, We do want our mortgage payments. Mm -hmm. You know, don't get me wrong. Um, But we want to try to be able to work with them and walk with them hand in hand to keep Mm -hmm. them in the home. So that way they'll know how to sustain themselves Mm -hmm. um, financially at the um, at the same time of being having the the gratitude or 
the pride that goes along with being a homeowner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so at this point in time, we are working on doing at least two to three of those this year um, with the starting interest rate of three to five percent. And okay. so we are what you call below the market mm-hmm. um, when it comes to the interest rates, because we understand that the affordability of owning a home is um, mm-hmm. far out of reach for a lot of the families mm-hmm. that, you know, come to us and share that they want to buy a mm-hmm. home. Um so at this at this point in time, um, we've done one mm-hmm. um, of those, and then we partnered with someone, or well, I shouldn't say partnered, but we've done one with a family um, where their interest rate is three percent, mm-hmm. and then we did a portion of that as a land trust to keep mm-hmm. that home affordable. At the particular time mm-hmm. when they were trying to buy this home, um, it would have been around two hundred and fifteen thousand mm-hmm. um, dollars at the start of this. And they weren't able to afford a yeah, mortgage at yeah. 215000 So we yeah. did a land trust on a portion of it, and then mm-hmm. we just financed the remaining balance. So at this point in time, fast forwarding three, four, three, four years mm-hmm. with that first mortgage that we did, we realized that the cost of acquisition and the cost of construction is a lot higher yeah. than $200,000. Yeah, yeah. It's actually $300,000. Mm-hmm. And so we're trying to still figure out how we can still make housing affordable for mm-hmm. those individuals because even with it, still being in-house mm-hmm. and um, FCS holds a mortgage on the home at a lower interest rate, we still realize that a percentage of those individuals are still not able to afford the home. Mm-hmm. And it has increased to 300000 yeah, so versus expensive. where it was at 200000 And what's so, the benefit of, uh, of to not just to us having an interest rate? Like it makes sense if you're doing the lending it makes perfect sense why there should be an interest rate and the benefits that we have, but there's actually a benefit to the borrower as yes. well. When there when there was a zero percent situation, that was actually bad for them. So what's why is that? What what's the benefit on the lender well, side of it? What with them not having an interest rate um, and it being at zero percent, they won't have a credit rating with mm-hmm. the credit bureau, and so there is no. Proof that they've actually even purchased a home, that they own a home, that they've even paid so they any spend interest on it. Twenty years faithfully yeah. paying mm-hmm. month over month, and there's no yeah legal so, view that they've done right. anything. So they yeah. they don't there there's not it's not being reported to the credit bureau. So okay. no no Equifax, no trans um, TransUnion, Experian um, report for that individual mm-hmm. if that per- person decides to graduate and decide to move out mm-hmm. of one of those houses or sell one of the houses that they purchased mm-hmm. from us. They can't show proof that they have um, built credit yeah. on owning a home. Mm-hmm. Um, then they don't show any proof that they have any equity in a home because mm-hmm. there's no proof that they own one yeah, for yeah. the most part. Other than the fact that they, the lender, if they have to borrow money for whether it's a car or mm-hmm. um, you know renovating their home or whatever, they have to go through the lender. The lender writes us or either contacts us and we have to provide a letter showing that the person has a deed to the home and showing that they have paid um, consistently for a certain amount of Mm. months in order for them to even borrow money. So the the flip side of that to actually charge interest on um, our new mortgages now is so that they they can build credit. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, then we can pay back for the, the service that um, that we provided to mm-hmm. administer, you know, manage the loan, mm-hmm. um, the 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 monies that owed to you know staffing the program yeah. Yeah. that oversees you mm-hmm. know our mortgages and administrative costs and things yeah, like yeah. that. So which are heavy because we got a big team that has yes, to do a do. lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Let me just also add too that that you know I I had someone ask me not too long ago. It's like why would you all do a, a CDFI? It's so risky and mm-hmm. it costs a lot of money and. 
you know, one of the, you talk about benefits or ask the question about benefits is one of the things that the CDFI does, it allows us to put people in a position to where they can be successful mm-hmm, versus mm-hmm. because we can offer lower interest rates than mm-hmm. a bank, because we can accept lower credit score, mm-hmm. we can get a mortgage to a a, a point to where mm-hmm. it is truly affordable for a particular buyer, mm-hmm. right? And so chances are, if mm-hmm. you put them in their sweet spot, yeah, yeah. then they're going to be successful. And we haven't had anyone mm-hmm. defaulting on on mm-hmm. the loans that we've made or that we don't have anyone that's mm-hmm. late on the mm-hmm. loans that are making their payments. And, yeah. it's, and I think it's a lot because of the flexibility that we now have mm-hmm. with the CDFI, and we're able to put that person mm-hmm. in their sweet spot uh, yeah. to where they can be successful. And I think yeah. that's one of the... The huge benefits, and, and and oftentimes I think people look at, you know, mm-hmm. the the risk or the cost of yeah. of, of uh, operating a CDFI and holding mm-hmm. mortgages, mm-hmm. right? Um, but we just believe, obviously, if we put people in position to where they yep. can be successful, yep. that the chances are that we're going to yep. have a successful buyer. And it's just recognition that there's not just two buckets of like. You're wealthy, and therefore you can participate in the market rate housing. You're poor, therefore you need affordable housing. Like, there's there's a thousand pieces of that spectrum in between that, of like right. someone making $20,000, $30,000, dollars 50000 like go all the way up and every dollar amount in between. Uh, there are plenty of people who are, quote, above the poverty line, but like can't afford affordable housing, or people who... Um, don't qualify for affordable housing because they make too much money, but they don't make quite enough money to really get into the, a house that would fit for their mm-hmm, family. So right. there's just this wide, wide range. So when we're going about housing, like we have to have that always in mind, that there's not two buckets. There's a That's large right. spectrum of, of so many different options. And if we really want to create a vibrant neighborhood where everyone can thrive, no matter what their income happens to be, it takes this kind of Absolutely. deep toolbox. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so talking about our... Uh, Single family that is bank qualified, not not with our CDFI. Uh, what what's that? How does that that work for us? What's that look like? Yeah, so um, it, it's it's really it's a a traditional uh, home buying process. Mm-hmm. Uh, we obviously we acquire land, mm-hmm. we build, we put a house on the market. Mm-hmm. Uh, the buyer is already working with the, mm-hmm. the uh, buyers uh, or their agent. Uh, to get either pre-qualified mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. Um, identify housing. Um, they reach out to us like any mm-hmm. other buyer would, mm-hmm. uh, uh, provide an offer. Cynthia does her magic mm-hmm. and uh, she makes has magic. Sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> make yep. sure that it's mm-hmm. a, uh, a purchase uh, price that's going to be in mm-hmm. the best interest of our being able to cover the cost of our mm-hmm. build mm-hmm. on that uh, particular uh, house. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then we go through a, tr- a typical mm-hmm. closing process, just like any other buyer yeah. uh, would. Now, do we now with the affordable work? Like, there's a targeted range for AMI. Now, with our market rate, do we do we also have a targeted rate there? Or we just like we'll build anything that anybody can buy because we need some revenue to pump back into this machine so we can do more affordable work. Or do we have? A, are we trying to at some level even regulate who we're targeting for the market rate bank qualified stuff. Yeah. I so I, I, I think there is a there is a um I think there's this thing of that's called responsible 
uh, mixed income housing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, and so um, we are not looking to build homes and sell for four and five hundred thousand dollars and yes, we do. make. Yeah. No, just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> One point two million yeah. is our new target rate. Yeah. You heard it here first. Show me the proof now. <laughs> no, uh, but we're we're not looking to to, to build and, and sell homes for you know, four or five, six hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars because there are some some consequences mm-hmm. uh, associated with that, which are those folks that who have uh, mm-hmm. purchased in our affordable, affordable program, mm-hmm. uh, they will uh, feel the increase in property taxes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a result that could obviously uh, move them into a different category yeah. of, of uh, affordability mm-hmm. and being able to maintain affordability. Mm-hmm. So, um, so we again for our uh, single family, we're at sixty to eighty percent, and in our workforce uh, program, we are at eighty to one hundred and twenty percent AMI. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And and so uh, for us, uh, we think that 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 right now works. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's helping us barely, I think, to. Mm-hmm. Uh, maintain affordability mm-hmm. or being able to build <laughs> keep affordable the lights housing, on. <laughs> keep, keep the lights on. Yeah, yeah. Right now, yeah. Uh, we we're gonna have to maybe have to revisit that a little mm-hmm. bit uh, down the road. But mm-hmm. uh, right now, that that yeah. works for us. Because South Atlanta is now on the radar in the city of Atlanta. For a long time, it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it wouldn't be hard for us to build even fairly modest homes and get in the six hundred thousand plus range. But for us, we're saying like we could do that. Uh, but that's not where we're at, or what what we're aiming for. Absolutely, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And, and we're we're starting to see some of those pop up in the neighborhood. Yeah, other people are doing yeah, it. Yeah. Other people are doing it. I just want everybody to know that that is not FCS. This <laughs> yeah. uh, thing on that's not us. That's not us. That yeah. is not us yeah. building six and seven thousand yeah. dollar homes. And it's and, fascinating how fast yeah. all this changes. Like Cynthia, I still remember. This is probably twenty sixteen ish because we were we'd moved over into these the the new office space. Uh, and I remember us having our Monday morning check-in meeting, and you were talking about one of the first homes that potentially could be sold for like over two hundred, mm-hmm. and we were all like <gasps> gasping and grabbing our pearls, like you've got to be. There's no way anyone would buy a house in. And now it's like you can't even get one for that no, amount you of can't money, you know, like one. much less like renovate it, sell it, all this kind of stuff. And just and so for your team having to constantly evolve. So tell us a little bit about uh, how many people do you have on your team, and then how many people are contracted or subcontracted out just to pull off what you guys are doing on a day-to-day basis? So even just general numbers. My team consists of six individuals, myself and five other See, she imagined six people and all this stuff. (laughs) Well, well, the the interesting thing is that she left me out. (laughs) Oh, sorry. I I, I mean, you know. I don't manage you. (laughs) My team, the people that I tell what to do is who she's talking about. No, no, she tells me what to do. Okay, well, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Even even, uh, she she calls me on the weekend. It's it's seven of us, okay, (laughs) including Marvin. He's he's our senior director. I'm the director. And I have a staff of five that okay. I manage. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and I can't begin to tell you how many contractors we deal with on a consistent basis. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, we're probably exceeding almost close to 100. Yeah. I think, I, on I think average. So Steve, one of our, uh, our, he's got one of the GC on our team. Mm-hmm. I feel like he had said at one point um, that in, in a given house that he was showing us, he's like, probably 80, 80 or more people have touched yeah. this. Yeah. House and, yeah. and you know, it's just amazing to think about the ecosystem it takes to yeah. 
pull off or all this. Or if you think about the fact that right now, or look at it this way, right now we have, what, six bills going on? Right mm-hmm. Six. Six. That was, it was 12, and we yeah. sold six. So, so now yeah. we have six going on mm. at, right now at wow. the same time. Yeah. Right? So you have to have a lot of contractors yeah, yeah. to to move six bills yeah, yeah. on at, at, the, at the same time. So. So those five people that you're uh, overseeing, what are the roles they play? Like what, it, what roles do you have to have in place to be able to execute this kind so, of work? So in order to make this work, we, we have to have a GC. So um, Steve is our um, general contractor. Mm-hmm. And so he didn't come to us with a GC license, but um, we actually helped him mm-hmm. um, uh, attain his um, GC license mm-hmm. um, because it was necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, so that way we can um, put more of the responsibility on him controlling the plan the designs and things like that for our houses and we don't have to outsource mm-hmm. um, our GCs or have someone pay someone $5,000 mm-hmm. or more mm-hmm. to do some of the work that he's actually doing in-house and very good mm-hmm. at it, I mm-hmm. may add. Yeah. Um, and then we have, under him, we have two subcontract. I'm sorry, not two subcontracts. We have two coordinators, okay. construction coordinators. And so they are actually managing the projects from start to finish um, when it starts to come off the ground, meaning mm-hmm. like the early starts, I mean, stages of development, mm-hmm. all the way to the, the last day when we, we go to closing to make mm-hmm. sure that um, everything is, you know, dotting the I's, crossing mm-hmm. the T's. Mm-hmm. Um, meeting all the constru- um, contractors, the the inspectors with the city. So we have two of those, and we'll be hiring one mm. um, coming in the next 30 days or so okay. um, at the most. Um, and then we have our resident um, service manager, that, mm. which oversees all our leasing. Okay. And then we have our housing service manager, which is overseeing all our property main- management, okay. which is the maintenance and repairs, okay. um, taking care of the properties that okay. we um, currently own in inventory. Mm. So. And how do you invest most of your energies in the acquisitions process? What is what is your keeping everybody in line? Keeping Not everybody. Just well, yeah. That. I mean, that's a whip cracking every day. Yeah. <laughs> I just tell everybody what to do. <laughs> so, uh, for me as a director um, of on the housing team is from my day to day is. Is a, is a is a range mm. of things, and mm. so I, I I can't make up a lot of the stuff that I talk about <laughs> and all the things that we kind of like deal with over yeah. a period of time, but um, I pretty much spend a lot of my time on acquisitions, mm-hmm. um, overseeing the construction, the renovations of the properties, mm-hmm. and then going to the closing table. Mm-hmm. I work with the you know the, all the attorneys, the mm-hmm. agents that are involved. And at the same time, overseeing, you know, the budgets to make sure mm-hmm. that I'm staying within my budget to purchase or yeah. construct a house, which yeah. is sometimes <laughs> kind of hard to do. As I get uh, the side <laughs> eye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Could you hear the side eye through the microphone? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you think, uh, and both of you have extensive experience in housing. Uh, what would you say, uh, and this could be our final question, what would you say sets FCS apart in the way that we, whether it's what we're building, how we build it, why we build it, what would you say from your extensive experience in the the housing work world, what what makes FCS unique in this space? I would, from my experience working here at FCS, uh, I would say based on any other organization that I've kind of come in contact with um, or work with um, along the way, um, it's actually the heart hmm. to me that we put into the work that we do. Hmm. We're very intentional about how we show up and serve hmm. the organization as well as how we serve the people mm-hmm. in the community that we are working in. Um, we walk with individuals, you know, hand in hand, hmm. um, foot to foot, 
Um, we're on the ground all the time. Um, you, you know, it's, it's just a lot of um, intentionality, um, a lot of effort, a lot of care and love that goes into the work that we do. Um, I would say overall, not just my team, but the overall organization, everybody um, brings a unique set of skills um, hmm. that I've never ever met or dreamed of that yeah. I would be working with in this, you know, in mm-hmm. this particular small office yeah. for the most part. Even though it looks a lot larger from the outside, we're very tiny yeah. compared to some of the other organizations that yeah. we've worked with. And we're very mighty. Um, yeah. As uh, Katie Delp would say, yeah. we do hard things. <laughs> yeah. um, and we do them with grace and we mm-hmm. do them with dignity and respect for the individuals that we are currently serving um, in this neighborhood as well as other neighborhoods that we've touched um, in the past. And I think we're very mm. um, dedicated, very loyal um, to the organization of FCS and making sure that we kind of um, we're on this mission, on this path together. Um, and it's just it's just it's a very unique working mm-hmm. environment um, compared mm-hmm. to some of the other um, yeah. environments that we work in. Everybody like to have fun. We kind of silly. Kind of. Kind of. Yeah. Well, I, I think for me, uh, Sean, uh, you know, this is um, my first time working in the nonprofit sector mm-hmm. uh, of, of housing. Mm-hmm. And and it didn't take long for me to just realize just how uh, gritty and, mm. and, and resourceful this organization is, mm. um, you know. We are in a time today where, you know, not just FCS, but anybody who's in the housing space, mm-hmm. they're faced with the challenges of, mm-hmm. you know, affordability. Mm-hmm. How can we continue to build uh, affordably? Mm-hmm. And asking that question, and, and FCS is no different. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, if you just think about the fact, since uh, we've been in this neighborhood, uh, FCS has built over 200 mm-hmm. Uh, single-family homes in this mm-hmm. neighborhood. That's huge yeah, uh, yeah. for a small nonprofit organization mm-hmm. uh, here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're still asking ourselves, how do we how do we do it, right? Mm-hmm. And so we've developed all these strategies mm-hmm. for acquiring uh, land, mm-hmm. right, which uh, when you're competing with investors mm-hmm. and uh, cash investors, mm-hmm. that's tough mm-hmm. for a, a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've uh, been able to create... Uh, this uh, rotational capital mm-hmm, funds, mm-hmm. they have three of them, mm-hmm. uh, all in excess of a, a million dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's yeah, ingenuity, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. For mm-hmm. for a, an organization uh, this size and tight, mm-hmm. uh, and that's and, not a lot of money. But it's rotating <laughs> but well. We make it work. We make yeah. it work, right? Yeah. We we are gritty and resourceful, <laughs> yes. and, and we make it we make mm-hmm. it work. Mm. Uh, and, 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 and then, you know, when you are today, you're, you know, the cost of materials, the mm-hmm. cost of insurance, the cost of wow. yep. labor, everything is just skyrocketed. Interest rates on top of that mm-hmm. are just through the roof. Yeah. Uh, it makes it really hard for, mm-hmm. for the organization and others, mm-hmm. other organizations to continue to, to provide, build mm-hmm. and provide affordable housing. Uh, but yet and still, we've already mapped out mm-hmm. a strategy for uh, meeting our new bills, mm-hmm. uh, the mm-hmm. goals for new bills in 2024. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And so we we can see that already. And and so 
Uh, I think when you ask the question about mm-hmm. just being unique for like for a mm-hmm. nonprofit organization, I think you know we've really uh, been innovative mm-hmm. uh, and mm-hmm. really gritty and and trying how we get this done and mm-hmm. uh, and it we've just been able to stay on mission. Yeah, yeah, mm. we can do hard things, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it's a privilege to work with you guys. It's fun to learn from you. I just appreciate all you guys do. So thank you. For thank, you so thank you, Sean. Thank you, Sean. The best way to learn about our housing work and everything else we do is to come and see it for yourself. We love hosting guests in our neighborhood and at FCS. Coming March of 2024, we will be hosting a two-day immersive event that we simply call Open House. Come, meet our team, see the work, and walk the neighborhood. To register, go to fcsministries.org slash openhouse. Place Matters is produced by Focused Community Strategies, whose mission is to partner with under-resourced neighborhoods to provide innovative and holistic development that produces flourishing communities and God's shalom. Place Matters is hosted by FCS's training and consulting team. If you'd like to inquire about our training and consulting services, please reach out to us via our website or find us on LinkedIn and social media. This information can be found in your show notes. If you'd like to watch these episodes, the video can be found on our YouTube channel, And if you did like this episode, please share it on social media. Your support means a lot to us. The show was edited by Tim Rose with music by Eric North. Special thanks to David Park and Becca Klein at FCS for their work in organizing and recording these sessions. And we would like to say thanks to our partner, Lilly Endowment Incorporated, whose Thriving Congregations grant has made this podcast possible.